Hi everybody, Dr. Hashem Hasabala here talking, bringing you lectures from the ICU. Today we're going to be talking about why we should do T-piece trials for patients in heart failure who are intubated. So, um, one thing that we, I think we underestimate is how positive pressure ventilation, well, we talked about that before, positive pressure ventilation unloads the heart. Okay, so afterload is technically when not what the heart sees in afterload is actually something called transmural um, for heart failure. Let me write that down. Transmural pressure. Okay, transmural pressure. That's pressure across the LV wall. Okay, so transmural pressure is. LV EDP, right, and LV and diastolic pleasure, oh, minus pleural pressure. Okay? So normally, pleural pressure is negative, right? When you, when you um, breathe in, remember we talked about that, you breathe in, diaphragm contracts, creates negative pressure in the, in the, uh, in the chest, air comes in. So that's, that's, that's negative pressure. So for example, if you have... An LV EDP, for example, of um, 25, which is high, right? And you have negative pleural pressure. So say you have a pleural pressure of minus 15. Remember math? Minus, minus? It's plus. So now your transmural pressure is 40. Put them on positive pressure ventilation, whether it be BiPAP or CPAP or an intubation. Now your LV EDP of 25 now it sees an intrapleural pressure of, say, 15. Your transmural pressure goes down to 10. So you see how that unloads the heart because you, coming into the hospital, whenever you had a, a transmural pressure on the heart of 40, it's now 10 with positive pressure, which is why patients with heart failure do very well with BiPAP. Why? We're increasing intrathoracic pressure, making it positive, and when you subtract when you subtract uh, LDEDP from that, your transmural pressure goes down. It went down by a factor of four, from 40 to 10, in this example. Now, take someone who's intubated, okay? Say their, 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 their LVEDP, right, uh, is 25 again, and they have a positive, a positive pressure of 15, right? So their transmural pressure is 10. Now, extubate them. You go from an LVEDP of 25 to a, say, negative 20 for whatever reason now you go to a transmural pressure of 45 if the heart is if the heart is weak you're going to go into heart failure and in fact one time i was working and i told them yeah this patient have heart failure we should put him on tp trial they all looked at me like i had four eyes and i'm like let's just do it immediately the, as soon as they went on tps he went in he in immediate flash pulmonary edema that i had it happened here Immediately with flash pulmonary edema, super agitation, hypoxia, and he failed. And, but, on, but on five and five, he was doing fine. On five and five, he was doing great. So that five and five, which we say is minimal vent settings, is not necessarily zero. It's not necessarily zero. It's, it may be enough positive pressure in the chest to unload the heart to do okay. But as soon as you get rid of that positive pressure, if the heart is weak still, it can fail. And then immediately go into flash pulmonary edema, and now you're dealing with somebody you've just extubated, and if you can't reintubate them in quick order, they can become anoxic. So that's why anybody with heart failure, anybody with a, with a depressed EF, I always do on TPs. Now, if they're 
normal EF, then they get away with it. They can do fine with just what we call minimal systemic piece of pressure supported by PPFI. But anybody else, and if you really want to know, you always do a T piece. The, the trial at Loyola here in Chicago that did the uh, rapid uh, shallow breathing index, which the RSBI is called the Rapid Shallow Breathing Index. What it is, it's a ratio of the, of the tidal volume in liters divided by the respiratory rate. Okay? So, for example, and, and, and if you have it, if it's less than 105, that predicts success for extubation. So, for example, if they're breathing 25 times a minute, any tidal volume above 250 will give you a, a, um, a ratio of less than 105. So, again, 0 0.250, which is liters, right? So if they're breathing 25 times a minute and breathing, uh, if they're breathing that many times and their tidal volumes are 400, their RSBI will be less than 105. That should predict extubation success. That trial was done here at Loyola on TPs, right? So that's why anybody that I'm extubating who has heart failure almost always do I do on TPs because I want to make sure that they are, that they, that they are, Really okay breathing spontaneously, especially when they have um, uh, depressed ejection pressure. So that's why I do a T piece for people with heart failure. So the question was, why don't we use T piece in everybody? We can, and technically we should, right? But it's complicated, and you got to disconnect, and and it's just easier to to do the minimal settings. But if you want to be proper, we should do a T piece in everybody. That's truly a spontaneous breathing trial. So really, we should do TPs on everybody. But you've got to get a whole setup with the oxygen and everything like that. And I get a, I've gotten a lot of resistance uh, to, to do that. Sometimes you can do zero, zero and get rid of tube comp on the ventilator. So a PEEP of zero, pressure support of zero with no automatic tube comp. Because there's a little bit of pressure that they do. It's called tube compensation to, to uh, compensate for the resistance of the endotracheal tube. That's the closest to being TPs on a ventilator without disconnecting. So sometimes if you can do that uh, and not get resistance from the from the respiratory therapist, that's that's better. Honestly, truly, if we can do TPs on everybody, in my opinion, then not necessarily evidence, but like I said, the RSBI trial was done on TPs. Everybody, yeah. ideally, should be on a, a TPs when they do a spontaneous breathing trial. One of the nurses in the ICU, she said that we had a patient like that, and literally in minutes they become hypoxic, cyanotic. You have minutes to reintubate them. And if you, you have any difficulty with the airway, say it's swollen. Yeah. He was completely fine on five and five. He extubated. And, and then, but if you have any difficulty getting back into the airway, if there's airway swelling, anything, that's time to uh, possibly make them anoxic. And that's permanent. So I'd rather go the extra mile, the extra step to put them on T-piece and somebody that, that I know Maybe tenuous, especially if they have a heart failure, 15, EF for 15, EF for 20, 25, then dealing with an airway emergency. Airway emergencies frighten me to death. No pun, you know, pun intended, right? So I'd much rather take that extra step and be 100% secure and certain. Um, and there's no 100% certainty, but just as, as certain as possible, than to deal with an airway emergency. And like I said, it, it, like, like Marcia said, it's, it's minutes. You have to reintegrate. That's the only one I've ever seen. But... I mean, this is, and this, I never want to have that situation, right? I don't want to have that situation. So, this is why I always, always almost, all, all, I think there's very few times where I say never and always in medicine. I think one of the times I, I always do a T piece for heart failure because I don't want to deal with 
right? <laughs> having to, you know, having to, to, to deal with an airway emergency because the heart is sick, right? That's it.